Um, in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus gives pretty clear instruction. In fact, he repeats himself three or four times in about this much text in my Bible. Over and over, he says, don't worry. And so, if you're a Jesus follower, um, here's today's message for you. Matt, can you put it up? It is, don't worry. In Jesus' name, amen. You are dismissed. <laughs> oh, look at that. We got some extra time. Um, um, maybe we should talk about how to do that. It sounds good, right? Especially coming from Jesus, it sounds good. Don't worry, but I think almost everybody struggles a little bit with worry. And if we're honest, I think some of the stuff we worry about is, is probably kind of silly. Um, and some of the stuff, you know, what if bugs crawl in my ear and lay eggs at night while I'm asleep? That's... What if I cut down on junk food and it turns out that it was good for you? <laughs> I'm, are you I'm worried about that. What if the Planet of the Apes movies actually happen? <laughs> you ever worry about that? What if your dog is judging you? <laughs> what if I pass gas at my doctor's appointment? Right? We worry sometimes, I think, about like silly stuff that's not going to happen, or if it does happen, it's not that bad. But I think we also have some real stuff. Right? Like, what if prices just keep going up? What if the economy tanks? What if our government fails? What if COVID comes back? Because I can't do masks all the time again. Right? What, what if the wrong people get elected in this election and the whole country goes down the drain? What if, what if I get too fat? Or what if I get too skinny? Or what if I get old? What if I don't? What if I lose my job? Or my health? Or my house? Or my stuff? Or what if I get sick? Or what if I get poor? Or what if I die? What if nobody will listen to me? What if nobody understands me? What if, what if nobody likes me? What if I run out of money? Or friends? Or luck? Or time? I think some of the stuff we worry about is, is silly. But there is plenty of real stuff for us to worry about. And it seems like every day, Doctors are telling us some new horrible thing that we find out worry is doing to our bodies and to our relationships and to our lives. And even though scientists are kind of just unpacking all that stuff now, Solomon said it 3,000 years ago. This is from the Proverbs. He said, worry weighs a person down. Isn't that like the perfect word picture? Isn't that exactly what worry does? It's like, like carrying around a big boulder everywhere that you go, and maybe you, maybe you know that feeling of this having this, this weight that you're carrying around because you're worried about your, your health or your finances or the government or your family or your future or your past, and you, and you just can't stop thinking about it, and it's just like sucking the joy out of your life because you're just carrying this thing around all the time, and maybe you've even... Maybe you've even figured out how to like take little breaks from it and to set it down for a minute during worship or set it down for a minute like while you're watching TV or, or looking at social media or some hobby or something, but you know it's still there 
And as soon as this distraction is over, you're just going to pick it back up and carry it some more. Um, can I tell you something about that? I think Jesus has something better for us than that. And I think that's why he said, don't worry. That's not for his benefit. Right? He said that because he loves us. He said we should throw all of our cares on him because he cares for us. So we're going to try a little experiment today. Um, we gave you a piece of paper, a little card when you came in here, and a pencil. And I'm going to ask you to take that card out right now. And I'm going to ask you to write down something, or I don't know, maybe it's a couple of things that have you worried or that you feel tempted to worry about. And maybe it's something stupid, bugs crawling in your ears, or maybe it's something real. Or maybe it's something that's just really weighing you down and you just can't stop thinking about it and it's sucking the joy out of your life. Maybe it's several things or maybe it's just one really big thing. And if you're like a super Christian and you say, well, I don't worry about anything, well, then praise Jesus for you. Here's what you can do. You can write down something that if you were gonna be worried, what would it be? Because I know a lot of you are really holy. Uh, I'm gonna give you 30 seconds to write down something or some things that you might worry about. So Matt, will you put our timer up? I'm not gonna cheat anybody here. You got 30 seconds. It's interesting because the stuff we're worried about is really not that different than the stuff that Jesus' disciples were worried about 2,000 years ago, except they weren't worried about getting fat. Um, the first century Jews were more worried about having enough to eat than they were getting fat, but other than that, they were worried about really most of the same stuff that we are. Um, their economy was a mess and the government was a mess and they had health worries and financial worries and tax worries and family worries and they were worried about being alone and they were worried about being unheard. They were worried about being oppressed. And just like us, they were worried about life. They were worried about death. And in the middle of that, in Matthew 6, 25, Jesus said, don't worry. So we're gonna try to figure out how to do that today. And we're gonna take a look at two different ideas, um, kinda like two ways to see things that I think might kinda change our perspective on the things that we worry about and maybe help us follow the instructions that Jesus gave us not to worry. So here's the first idea. If we wanna avoid worry, we need to learn to see God as our source. Would you write that down on that card next to your worries? See God as your source. Um, it's, it's interesting because you know, we're reading a lot in Matthew right now, and when Jesus said, don't worry, he had just got through saying, you can't worship God and money. Isn't that interesting? He said, you can't worship God and money, and then immediately he said, don't worry. And I don't think that's an accident. Uh, I think Jesus it was very intentional to say, if, if money is your God, you should worry. 
right? If, if, if money, if you see money or anything else as your source, you, you should worry because you're gonna be disappointed. But if our God is our source, right? If our God is God, if our God, the all-knowing, all-powerful creator of everything, who's in complete control of the universe and everything in it, if, if everything that exists belongs to him and he knows what's best and he wants what's best and he sees the future and he's our perfect loving father, if we depend on him as our source, we don't really have anything to worry about. Do you see why he said that? We can't worship God and money because if you worship money, you're, you're gonna be worried. You're gonna be disappointed a lot. But if you worship God and you see him as your source, if our Father is our source, we don't have much to worry about. Take a look at this, a picture of this kid. Tell me if you know who this is. You recognize that kid? Anybody? It's Charlie Woods. Um, he's 13 years old. He is a freak show. Um, stick around. You're gonna see this kid on the PGA Tour really pretty soon. You may not know him, but I bet you know his dad, Tiger Woods. And so Charlie Woods has, he's 13, right? He's got plenty to worry about, um, but because of who his dad is, there are two areas that he does not need to worry. Golf lessons and money. Because his dad knows a little bit about golf, right? And his dad has more money than Captain Crunch, and that's the way it is. His dad's, his, he's worth over a billion dollars. So Charlie's got plenty to worry about. But in those two areas, because of who his dad is, in the areas of golf lessons and money, he doesn't have a thing to worry about. You agree with that? Who's our father? Yeah, so what areas is he really good at? So Jesus says in Matthew 6, 25, don't worry. And then let's read what he says after that. This is 6, 26. And he's just continuing this little monologue about this. Jesus says, don't worry. Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothes? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work. They don't make their own clothes, yet Solomon in all of his glory wasn't dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying, what do we eat, what do we drink, what do we wear? These things dominate the thought of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. So Unbelievers who might look to money, right, or clothes, or stuff, or popularity, or their own accomplishments, unbelievers that look at those things as their source for joy, and for fulfillment, and for peace. Like, if I had, if I had more money, I would be happier. You know, if I had more stuff, I would be happier if I was whatever, if I was prettier, if I was thinner, if I was more popular, if I just had better stuff then I wouldn't have a care in the world. They, they're treating those things as if those things are God, right? They're treating those things as if those things have the power to make us happy and make us content and make us fulfilled. 
So those people are literally making those things God. They have their faith in money or in popularity or in stuff. And they see money or success or stuff as their source, as their God, as their provider, as their hope. And so, yeah, they're constantly worried. Because what if I don't get more money? Right? What if I don't get that house? Or what if I don't make more friends? Or what if I don't make that team? Or what if I don't get that promotion? I'll never be happy. Or here's a worse one. What if I do get that stuff? What if I do get more money? And I do make the team. And I do lose that weight. And I do make all those friends. And then I'm still miserable. And that's something to really worry about. But Christians don't have to worry like that because we understand. James 1.17 says that every good thing, every good thing we have is a gift from our Father. And sometimes he provides those things through natural means, like sometimes um, he'll provide for your finances by helping you find a job. Or sometimes he'll provide for your healing through some medical procedure. And then sometimes he might do outright, unexplainable, supernatural miracles. But whether it seems natural or whether it's obviously a supernatural miracle, every good thing comes from him. He is our source for every good thing. And if our source, if our provider, if our protector, if our father is God, and he loves us enough to send Jesus for us, we have nothing to worry about. Um, Psalm 121 asks a really interesting question. Verse one, it says, where does my help come from? And then verse two answers the question. It says, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And I will tell you that if you are depending on help from your money or from the government or from the economy or from popularity or from other people, or if you're thinking that you're so awesome that you're just gonna help yourself, you have plenty to be worried about because how dependable are those things? But if you're depending on help from the maker of heaven and earth, what would you have to be worried about? So a couple of weeks ago, Jesus taught us that we should pray, give us this day our daily bread, because he wants us to experience this day-to-day -day dependence on him. He wants us to see him as our source. And we remind ourselves that he is our source when we pray. And when we do, when we pray, then our worry is replaced by this amazing, supernatural, unexplainable peace. Um, look at this verse, Philippians 4, 6. We talk about this all the time. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. So that, like, these are your options, right? You can worry or you, or you can pray. You got a thing, you can worry about it or you can pray about it. This is, this is don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Here's how you do it. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Big word here. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. And his peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And a lot of people, like, you know, when we're worried about stuff, a lot of people will say, yeah, but I know, that's good. That's good stuff right there, Jesus. But what I'm worried about is a really big deal. Right? What I'm worried about is a really hard problem. What I'm worried about is something that is really, really, really big. This says for you to have peace, there's only one way you're gonna get there. The, the more that's true, the more you need God's peace. 
right? If you're worried about little stuff, if you're worried about bugs crawling in your ear, you can probably have peace anyway, right? But if you're worried about something real, if you're worried about something profound, something big that you're carrying around like a boulder and you can't forget about it all the time, if you're worried about something that big, you need supernatural help. And that comes when? It comes when we pray instead of worry. And I, to me, I got like this image in my head of this. It makes sense to me. Of course it gives me peace, right? Here's how I see it. Like I've got this thing that I'm worried about, right? And I'm holding it, right? I'm worried about whatever. I'm holding onto this thing and I am clutching this thing in my frail, weak, bony, skinny, shaky hands, right? That's me worrying about it. And then at some point when I pray, it's just like me just going like, okay, that's it. And I'm dropping that same thing down, but it's landing in these giant, powerful, amazing hands the size of Texas, right? No, no wonder that gives me peace. There's no, there's no surprise there. What's surprising is that I held on to it for so long. What's surprising is that I just, just didn't give it, it, it's surprising that I would hold on to it for that long knowing that there was nothing I could do about it instead of just giving it to the Father who can do something about it. We just, we just need to ask. Um, James 4.3 says, sometimes we have not because we ask not. That's a kick in the face, man. Don't you, wouldn't you hate to get to heaven and say, God, man, God, I was really struggling with that thing my whole life, my whole life, my whole life. It made me miserable my whole life. And God to say, yeah, I wish you would have asked. Because <laughs> I was just ready. I was just waiting for you to ask. So, you know what let's do? Let's just pray. If you got that thing you were worried about, just like hold on to that thing for just a minute and let's just practice, literally, we're gonna practice what we preach, okay? We're gonna stop just for a minute and let's just think about something that you're worried about or maybe it's something you didn't even write down. Maybe it's about your health or maybe it's about what's going on in the culture around you or maybe it's what's going on in your family or maybe it's just something that is so big and so heavy that it's weighing you down. And, and you just wanna do this. You just wanna say, look, I can't do anything with it, God. So you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it to you because I know that you can do something with it. And so let's just think of your thing. I'll think of my thing. And let's pray together, let's pray for each other. One minute, let's just, let's just pray together. Can we do that? Okay, let's pray. Father, man, we're living in a messed up world. It's, it's broken and it's fallen apart and all of us seem like we're broken and some of us are falling apart and there are just so many things for us to be worried about with what's happening in our culture and what's happening in some of our families and what's happening in our health and our finances. We have just so many things that are just, that are just weighing us down but you said that your burden's easy and your yoke is light. You said we should just, just cast all our cares on you and trust them to you. And so, man, we're, we're trying to do this. By the power of your spirit, will you empower us to just let go of some of this stuff and to just recognize that it's bigger than us, but it's not bigger than you. We just help us to, to truly trust you with those things that we're so worried about and to see that even if that thing doesn't happen the way that we want it to, and even if that deal doesn't come through like we had hoped it would, and even if things don't fall into place the way that we had planned, 
Just help us to see that, that that's not our source anyway. This healing isn't my source. This, this money isn't my source. This, this fix isn't my source. You are our source. So we just help us to look to you and recognize there's nothing too big for you. There's nothing too expensive for you. There's nothing too hard for you. And help us to just like, like rest in that and to just, just not just set this problem down and this worry down so we can pick it up later, but really let go of this thing and give it to you. God, you are our source. And as we stop worrying and now as we are praying and we're giving this thing to you, we pray for your supernatural peace. That's your promise, that when we pray instead of worry, you will give us a peace that we can't even understand, a peace that doesn't even make sense. So please give us your peace today as we see you as our source in your name. Amen. So if we, if we want to stop worrying, I think one thing that might help us is to see God as our source. And then another thing that I think might help us not to worry is to see that Jesus is enough. Would you write that on your cards too? Jesus is enough. But we have to see that Jesus is enough. We, we kind of have to choose to see that Jesus is enough. Um, Look what he said. This is Matthew uh, 6, 33. He said, don't worry about food and clothes and water, all that stuff. He says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. Brace yourself for this. And he will give everything you need. And as I was kind of sitting with the scripture this week, I was thinking about the difference between what I need and what I want. And I don't know about you guys because I know y'all are really holy, but a lot of what I worry about isn't really stuff that I need. It's really stuff that I, that I just want. Um, in the Garden of Eden, Adam and, Eve had, Adam and Eve had everything that they needed, but they didn't have a lot of the stuff that I want. Um, I want more money. Can I say that? <laughs> you preachers, you know how they are. I, <laughs> And, 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 and I, want, I want people to like me. And I don't just want food. I want food that tastes good. I want it. And I, I don't just want something to wear. I want nice clothes. And I don't just want a roof over my head. Maybe I need a roof over my head. But I want a nice house. And I don't want to just be alive. I want to be healthier and stronger and younger and better looking, right? And I want, I can want whatever I want, right? I, I want to have lots of friends and I want to play golf every week and I want to have a nice yard and I want to be heard and understood and respected and, and I want to be comfortable and I want better water pressure at my house and as happy and blessed and thankful as I am, there's, there's still stuff that I want. Truthfully, I have everything I need, but there's stuff that I want. I mean, I want our government leaders to do what I think they should do. And I want the economy to be great and taxes to be low and roads and schools to be better, right? Now here's the question, do I need those things? Do I need those things in order for me to have a happy, blessed, 
fulfilled, peaceful, content life? Do I need those things? I don't, I don't think so. And here's my proof. I've met people who are content and happy and peaceful and they feel fulfilled and they're incredibly blessed and they eat terrible food and they wear ragged clothes and they don't have a roof over their head and they have terrible health and they never play golf. I've met people in Africa and Central America whose lives to me seem very uncomfortable and whose governments are completely corrupt and completely violent and yet some of those people seem really happy and I think they worry less than me. So I'm just thinking like about how much I worry about stuff. We're trying not to worry, right? How much time do I spend worrying about stuff that I don't really want or that I don't really need, but I really just want? And I'm, I'm convinced that wanting more is a real source of worry because the stuff, I'm like, what's it like, right? The stuff we want, to me, is like a huge fire. It's like, it's never satisfied, right? You, 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 you throw wood in it, it burns it up, it just wants more wood, right? And that's, I, like, it's the stuff we want. It seems like that's the way it is. It's never satisfied. We're just always gonna want more. I remember once when we were pretty young, um, they'd just come out with money at this time, I remember. And I got a raise at, at my job, and I went from making $1,000 a month to making $1,200 a month. And I remember thinking, what are we going to do with all that money? We're going to have to, like, pile it up in the backyard and have a bonfire because it's going to be stacking up everywhere. We're going to have more money than we know what to do. And, like, a month later, I was saying, there is no way I can live on $1,200 a month. Right? It seemed like so much. That's all I wanted. Man, if I could have that extra 200 bucks a month, we would be set. And then we got it, and it was like, well, what I really need is 200 more. You know, right? And so now I've had a couple of pay raises since then, and, and they're all the same. They're all the same. I want more, and I get more, and then I just want more again. And isn't it that way with most of the stuff that people think will make them happy, right? I would be happy if I just had a house. And then we get a house. And it's like, well, I'd be happy if my house was bigger, right? And we get a big house. And it's like, well, I'd be happy if I had a really nice big house. And then we get a really nice big house. And it's like, well, I'd be really happy if I could have a house that was really big and really nice and in this certain neighborhood, right? If I just had a car, I would be happy. And then we get a car. It's like, well, if I could just have a bigger car, and then we get a bigger car. Well, if I could just have a nicer, bigger, newer, faster, redder car, then it's like it's a moving target. So we get, we get some stuff, and then we, we want more stuff. And then we get more stuff, and we want better stuff. And I just, we, we can never catch up to the want, right? And I think we're always worried. We're always throwing stuff in that fire, you know? We're always trying so hard to satisfy this want. First Timothy 6, 8 says, if we just have food and clothes, we should just be content with that. But I don't know. I don't know how that works, because I have, I have food and clothes, and yet I still want stuff. And, and, I, and I, I worry about the stuff that I want. And if I'm not supposed to worry, we're gonna have to do something about the stuff that I 
that I want. So I was thinking about this famous verse, maybe you've heard it, the 23rd Psalm. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And so, the, I look up that word, right? So in Hebrew, this word for want is like to lack something, right? I shall not want, I shall not lack something or have less than enough. And so it's a really cool image, right? In this, in this poem, it's, it's we're the sheep, and Jesus is this amazing shepherd, and he's providing food and water and rest and protection and everything, everything we need, and that's, and that's really true. But I'm just wondering if there's something like more in this. Like, as long as I have Jesus, I'll see that I have enough. As long as I can look up and see that shepherd, then I'll, I'll, I'll know that I don't lack anything, and then, I won't really want anything else. Maybe, maybe the answer is that if I really have Jesus, if I really see Jesus, I really won't want anything else. Or at least my wants will seem less important um, so I can stop worrying about them. Maybe, maybe if I can really see that Jesus is enough, then I'll feel so fulfilled and loved and satisfied that I won't need to worry about that other stuff that I wanted that I thought was gonna make me feel fulfilled and loved and satisfied. Maybe when we really, when we really experience him, when we really experience his goodness and his mercy and his love and his compassion and his acceptance and his justice and his joy, maybe I shall not want means when I really, like that verse says, taste and see the goodness of Jesus. Maybe when I really see that, then by comparison, nothing else will seem worth wanting, or at least worth worrying about. Um, you guys may remember this song, it's like from 100 years ago, uh, Turn Your Eyes on Jesus. You remember that song? Who remembers that song? All the old people, I knew it. <laughs> okay, so I remember that song. Um, and this song says, turn your eyes, you wanna sing it? Will you guys sing? Okay. <clears throat> Ready? Are y'all gonna do it? Who's gonna do it? I have this horror, I'm gonna start singing and everybody's gonna go. <laughs> okay, listen to the words we're singing, okay? You young people, just listen and learn. Okay, ready? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light. <laughs> so good. That was so good. So maybe, maybe if I could do that, look full in his face. If I could really see Jesus. Maybe the things that I want would grow strangely dim by comparison. And I don't, I'm stuck with that this week. Like I can't get past this idea that if I could really see what I have in him, I would just be so less concerned about what I don't have in all the stuff that I want. 
And so I thought of an illustration of this, and it's really stupid, so I don't know if it's gonna work, um, but you know, sometimes I do what I wanna do. So this week, I was outside, and I had a $50 bill, and I was hold- the sun was going down right over here, and I was holding it up like this. And Joy drove up, and she said, is it counterfeit? But that's not what I was doing. It was a sermon illustration. So let me, let me see that picture, Matt. So this is what I saw. Now, now, right now, that $50 bill, which is something I want, okay? That $50 bill is completely obscuring my view of the sun, right? So right now, that $50 bill is pretty clear, huh? It's, it's, it's important. It's prominent, right? It matters in this picture. But then as I moved it a little bit so I could see the sun a little more, I mean, I can still see it. But as I move it completely out of view, right, all I see is the sun. Do you see how much less prominent that bill is? How much less important that thing seems in the light of the sun? And I just think, Maybe the more we see how amazing Jesus is, the less important some of these wants will seem, and the less we'll worry about them, and maybe our prayers will become less about, Jesus, give me stuff, you know, Jesus, make my life easier, and more about, Jesus, help me see you more clearly. Um, there's a funny word in the Bible, um, deliverance. Um, that word means a lot of things to a lot of people, right? Some of us old people that knew that song a while ago, we're thinking of a movie. Right? That's some of us. That's deliverance. Um, Bruce was playing bass this morning. He told me that to be delivered, he thought meant to have your liver removed. So that's a whole different deal. I remember, I remember milk delivery. I remember the milkman, and I remember telling my kids, yeah, it was the weirdest thing. This guy would show up, and he would bring us milk and leave it on our porch. And they said, oh, how weird. And guess what? Now you can get milk delivered with everything else, <laughs> right? Hey, man, you can get tires and pliers and girdles, whatever you want, man. You, Amazon, boom, DoorDash, boom, right? You type it in, it's on the porch. So we think of things being delivered to us, right? But in the Bible, a lot of times, it's talking about us being delivered. And it's a whole different deal. Um, like, it, it, it talks about deliverance as like a rescue or being saved from something. Like, the Israelites were in slavery in Egypt, right? And God delivered them out of slavery and into the promised land. And a lot of times, we'd see the Israelites facing these big armies. There's no way we can win this war, but God would deliver them and rescue them and save them from harm, and then sometimes Jesus was going around and he would meet people that were possessed by demons, and he would, and he would, he would deliver them from the thing that was oppressing them. And I just wonder if we need to be delivered from wanting all this stuff, even, even good stuff. I wonder if we just need to be rescued from all this worry about stuff we want. And maybe, maybe the secret to not worrying about all the stuff we don't have or all the stuff we wish was better or the stuff we think could be better, maybe the secret is not having that stuff delivered to us. 
maybe it's Jesus delivering us from wanting all that stuff. And maybe this is less about me praying, you know, Jesus, look, this is what I want, this is what I want to happen, now I need you to deliver it so that I can stop worrying about it. And maybe it's more about me praying, Jesus, deliver me from wanting this stuff so that there will be no reason for me to worry about it. And the way he answers that prayer, the way he delivers us from wanting that stuff is not by downplaying the importance of the stuff we want. Because a lot of it's good. It, it's, it's not Jesus saying that stuff isn't great. It's Jesus letting us see how great he is and how amazing and sufficient and enough he is. Maybe that's the cure to wanting more because it's not getting this stuff, man. I mean, most of us in this room, at one point in our life, we had this much money and we thought if we ever had this much money, we would be golden, right? And then we got that much money and we're not golden. And then we thought, well, if we had this much money and if we had this much, and everything, friends, stuff, everything, popularity, talent, right, looks, everything. If we just had more, we would be happy. It doesn't work. That's not the answer. It can't be. It doesn't work. I think maybe, maybe seeing that Jesus is more, seeing that Jesus is enough, seeing that Jesus is sufficient is the answer to wanting more. Maybe when we really experience him and we really see him and appreciate his, his goodness and his love and his mercy and his grace, maybe then nothing else will seem worth wanting. So um, can we pray again? Can you pray twice in church in one day? Can we do that? Let's pray again. Um, and not to negate what we prayed earlier. It's, he says, sometimes you have not because you, 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 you ask not. It's good to pray for the stuff that we need. It's even good to stop, pray for the stuff that we want. But I think maybe kind of at the same time, we should not just pray that Jesus will deliver the stuff we want. Let's pray that he'll deliver us from, from, from wanting stuff just by showing us his sufficiency, just by him showing us his um, enoughness. Is that a word? It's a word now. Um, we're gonna pray that Jesus will deliver us from all of these wants by showing us his enoughness. So let's just, let's just take a minute and let's just, let's just pray together. Um, Jesus, there's so many things that we want and a lot of these things are good. We wanna be healthy, we wanna have stuff, we wanna have friends, we want our families to operate the way we want them to, we want our government to operate the way we want it to, we want our world to go the way we want it to go. There's nothing wrong with that. We, we, we want those things. You've put those desires in us. It's, it's okay that we want those things, but it just feels like it's a, it's a fire that just consumes. The more we throw in there, the more stuff we want. And so, Jesus, will you, will you, heal us of that? Will you rescue us from that? Will you deliver us from that? By, not, not by playing down how important those things are or how good those things are, but by showing us how good you are. Will you help us to really see you? And just like that dollar bill being like drowned out by the light of the sun, will we see you so completely Will you help that song kind of happen for us and let the things of this world grow strangely dim for us compared to you? Jesus, will you just continue to show us who you are? Will you help us to experience your goodness and your grace and your mercy and just open our eyes to how important that is and how big that is and how real that is so that everything else 
can just fade away. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm gonna ask Joy and Melissa if they're back there somewhere. Lee, you guys standing me up? Okay, here they come. I'm gonna ask them to, to lead us in a, a really cool song, and it says what I just said, only it says it a lot prettier, and you don't have to stand up, and it's even okay not to sing, but let's, let's, let's listen to the words of this song, and let's marinate for a minute um, in what it has to say, this idea that we're, we're asking God not just, not just to deliver stuff to me, but to deliver me from needing stuff to deliver me from wanting stuff. And the way he's gonna do that is not by shrinking that stuff in our eyes. It's gonna be by him expanding himself in our eyes. Right? He's not gonna make that dollar bill seem less bright. He's gonna become so bright that it dims out the dollar bill. And so that's our prayer, right? That he's going to show us himself in such a way that everything else seems less. And when that happens, then we will really be able to say, I shall not want.